Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad to have you tuning in today. You can stay up to date with us at BethesdaChurch.tv or on the Bethesda Church app. Now, let's get ready for today's message. But I'm glad to be back in the house worshiping Jesus with each and every one of you. What an incredible atmosphere. Thank you so much for being here today. We're excited that you're here. We wanna welcome you to Bethesda Church. You, you can go ahead and take a seat. I was about to say slap somebody a high five, but we, we better not do that. Um, but thank you so much for being here today. I wanna welcome those that are watching online as well. Uh, If this is your first time here to Bethesda Church, whether in person or watching online, we're honored that you are are with us today. You could have been anywhere else in the world, but you chose to spend it with us, and we consider that an honor. Bethesda, will you give it up for all those that are new to our church family right now? God bless you. Couple of things I wanna share with you this morning. Um, Ties and offerings. Here's what we're doing uh, as it relates to giving. Uh, As you know, we've been using a text model. We're we're gonna continue that process. Uh, All you have to do is text the amount, the amount that you want to give to this number, 304-39, or no, that's the wrong number. Hold on just a second. 304-205-1866. That's text to give. Also, if you're a first time guest, Uh, We wanna know who you are. We would love to to hear your story and help get you connected to our church family. If you would simply text the word guest to 304-396-0488, we would love to help you take your next step. Speaking of next steps, we have next steps happening today at 11 a.m. And there's never been a better opportunity for you to get to know a little more about us and also utilize your gifts and your talents uh, to help build the kingdom of God in the earth. How many of you understand that the local church is the hope of the world? Do y'all know that the local church is the hope of the world? And and so we would love to get you plugged in. There is a 11 a.m. next steps here in-house. Uh, in in the mid building, but there's also an opportunity at 5 p.m. online. We would love to help you take your next step. Be kids, if you brought your kids with you today and they are seated with you, you should have received a packet on your way in. Uh, If you didn't grab the packet, you can can go grab that right now. I know that you you gotta keep them entertained while we're all in-house together. But there's also a lesson that they can watch while I'm preaching. Uh, All you have to do is simply, um, you text the word kids, the word kids, to 304-396-0488, and your kid can watch the lesson uh, for them as I'm ministering. And we also have headphones available, so you can plug the headphones into your iPhone or iPad, whatever you have. Uh, We're just doing our best to make this as convenient as possible. Um, Last thing I'll mention, first Wednesday, this Wednesday night, it's for the men only. Ladies, help me out. Make sure that your, your man is here Wednesday night at 7 p.m. We got a lot of prizes we're gonna be giving away, including a brand new 
grill. We, we got all the utensils, we got the propane and a brand new grill. Somebody's gonna win that. All you have to do is like the video that we posted this week and share it and hashtag Bethesda Church, hashtag Men's Night. I know that's a lot of info, but I am so thankful that each and every one of you are here. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you so much, God, for the opportunity, God, to be in your house today, to celebrate what you have done in our lives, God. And truly, God, throughout this season that we've been in, God, we have missed, God, gathering with the family of God to lift you up. And so today we celebrate that we have this opportunity. We don't take it for granted. We ask God today that you would speak to us in a powerful way and let us leave this place differently than we came in. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Well, hey there, everyone. My name's Brittany. Welcome home, and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. Before our service gets started, we'd like to take a few minutes and tell you about some things coming up for you and your family around Bethesda, so check this out. We are so excited to invite you to our upcoming Next Steps class. If you are new to Bethesda and want to get connected, Next Steps is the place to be. Next Steps is today, May 31st, during our 11 a.m. worship experience and 5 p.m. online. Simply follow the signage to our new location in our Dream Team room or visit BethesdaChurch.tv to register online. This is a one-time class that will give you everything you want to know about Bethesda Church and prepare you to serve on our Dream Team. Once a month, we gather our entire church together for a night of extended worship Thank and you. the word. Thank we call you. it First Wednesday. June's First Wednesday is men's night only. Make plans to bring yourself and your friends to this incredible night of worship on Wednesday, June 3rd at 7 p.m. And we can't wait to see you there. Let us know if we can help you in any way while you are here with us today. And be sure to connect with us at www.bethesdachurch.tv and on social media to stay up to date with everything happening here at Bethesda. And we hope you have a great weekend. Uh, we started a series just a couple weeks back entitled Rooted. Have you guys enjoyed the series so far? Have you been tuning in online? I hope that you have. Uh, this will be our third installment of um, this series, and I've really enjoyed teaching the principles and, and preaching the principles from this series. Um, and if you've missed those messages, the first week we talked about staying planted, um, that there is something powerful that happens in our lives when we are planted. Um, and, and so we have to have deep roots, develop uh, not only deep roots, but wide roots so that we can be connected to other believers. And so we talked about the importance of that. And then last week, we talked about the importance of seasons. Uh, we know that um, God never wastes a season of our life, that there is a purpose for every season that God has us in, including the ones we don't like. Uh, God utilizes those. But today, I wanna continue the series, but I wanna uh, talk about this thought. I wanna call this seeing like a gardener. Seeing like a gardener. One of the most prominent pictures that God chose to give us to help us see him uh, in a better way was a picture of a gardener. Think about the, these truths. The first place that God put man was in a garden, the Garden of Eden 
we know that Jesus' most famous prayer was prayed in a garden called Gethsemane. We also know that the first person to encounter Jesus after the resurrection mistakenly thought that he was a gardener. And so I bring that up because I believe that sometimes the reason we miss what God is doing in our lives, the reason I miss what God is doing in my life is because I don't see like a gardener sees. I don't see that way. I don't physically think or, or typically think agrarian. I think Amazon Prime. I, you, you know, I, I don't cultivate things. I use carry out. Anybody feel me? Uh, and, and so um, we, we have a hard time seeing this process in our lives because we don't see like a gardener. But at some point in my life, for me to achieve what God has called me to achieve, I need to see things differently. And one of the ways that God grows us, and this is gonna be a pretty, pretty heavy message for the first one back, but one of the areas that God grows us and grows our faith is through the area of broken relationships. Broken, everybody say broken relationships. All right, y'all seem real excited about that. But, but he uses broken relationships. Um, if, if this pandemic has taught me anything, it's taught me not to take the relationships in my life for granted. I'm, I'm typically okay all by myself, but in this season I have found, found myself, I want to be around people. Anybody know what I'm talking about? How I many? that's a good thing. Some of us, we like, I don't ever wanna be around people. Well, the, the last 10 or 12 weeks or so, probably you, you want to be connected to people. And so I wanna ask you a quick question. What if God is using this season in your life to restore a broken relationship because you now see the value of that relationship? What if in this season God wants to restore a relationship because you are now able to see the value in that relationship? Now, some of you may be thinking, right up front, what, what does relationships have to do with my faith? And I'm gonna come back to that. Because a lot of times we wanna have faith over here and relationships over here, and that's not the way it works. They completely affect one another. It's kinda like the lady who was entering into heaven, and she stepped up to the gate, and the angel said to her, he said, it looks like you're ready to enter. Um, you, it looks like your paperwork's good, you, you can come on in, but I, I do need you to do one more thing for me uh, before you enter. And the lady said, well, what's that? And the angel said, I need you to spell a word. And she was like, spell a word? Okay, what's the word? And the angel said, love. And so she spelled love, and the angel said, you're good to go. But at that moment, the angel was called away, and so he told the lady, if you could just take my place and continue the check-in process for the, the others that are coming in, uh, I would greatly appreciate it. And the lady agreed, okay, I can stay here and check people in, you know, I was just checked in, it shouldn't be that hard. But the first person that came up was her ex-husband. And so she looks at him and says, I'm surprised you're here. But it looks like your paperwork is in order, looks like you're good to go, but before you walk on in, I need you to spell a word for me. And he said, spell a word? Why, why do I need to do that? Uh, he said, anyway, I'll spell the word. What's the word? And, and the lady looked at him and said, Czechoslovakia. 
How many know that explains a lot of our relationships, right? It's kind of where we are in our relationships. You may think that your faith is unaffected by your relationships, but it's not because 1 John chapter 4, verse 20 says, if anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. It's impossible for me to love God and loathe people. It's impossible for me to love God and hate someone because their skin color looks different than mine. I should get a better amen right now. Impossible to love God and hate people. And so in light of that, some of us, we are not growing we are not becoming fruitful, and it has nothing to do with a broken faith, it has everything to do with a broken relationship. We think that our relationships have no bearing on our faith, but it does. The Bible talks a lot about wisdom, guys, but we wanna use wisdom as just applying information to our lives. Most of the time when the Bible speaks to us about wisdom, it's in the context of relationships which means that if all my relationships are bad and they're always falling apart and there's always dysfunction, it means that I lack wisdom. Wisdom is applied to the context of your relationships. And so it doesn't matter how much of God's word is regularly planted in my heart, it will not grow in the soil of resentment. It doesn't matter how loud I worship how much I give, how much I serve, God's, what God wants to do cannot grow in the soil of unforgiveness. You're all like, man, I wanted a better sermon today. This is the kind of sermon that'll cause fruitfulness to come into your life because we have to address our relationships. And I want you to look at your relationships a little bit differently before we leave today. And Luke chapter 13 gives the story. It says this, starting in verse six. It says, Jesus told this story. A man planted a fig tree in his garden, and he came again and again to see if there was any fruit on it, but he was always disappointed. Finally, he said to his gardener, I have waited three years and there hasn't been a single fig. Cut it down. It's just taking up space in the garden. And the gardener answered, sir, give it one more chance. Can y'all say that with me? Say one more chance. He said, he said, give it one more chance, leave it another year and I'll give it special attention and plenty of fertilizer and if we get figs next year, fine. If not, then you can cut it down. Man, there's so much in this text that I wanna show you today. In this story, we see two views of the, same, of the same tree. One man is the man who planted it. We don't know much about him except the fact that he had high expectations for this tree, but after three years of nothing, he, he keeps in, ending up disappointed disappointed with the outcome. And I'm sure that uh, this is an accurate picture of, of a broken relationship for many of you. Uh, a lot of times we have certain expectations in our relationships, but our experience is not meeting our expectation. How many have been there where, where what you expected wasn't what you were getting? 
And, and so that's why the guy is saying, we need to cut it down. And many of you, 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 you had a relationship where you thought she was the one and it didn't work out, or he was the one, it didn't work out. I thought they were my soulmate and it didn't work out. And I thought we would be great friends or great business partners and it didn't work out. We had a high expectation, but we were left disappointed. They said they'd be there and they were not there. They promised it would never happen again and it happened again. And as you look back on the relationship, it could best be described as disappointing. See, it's like the person who planted the tree. The person who planted the tree after three years of no figs, what did he say? He said, we need to cut it down. Everybody say, cut it down. Man, this could be dangerous. <laughs> Me with an ax. I, little story, I didn't put that in my notes. One time I was a kid, Man, this is a bad story, I shouldn't tell it. But I was a real little kid and I, I wanted to be like my dad so I went out, grabbed one of these and started chopping some wood and what I didn't know is my little brother was right behind me. And so I a few licks in and then all of a sudden I went back and boom. Turned around, covered in blood. We quickly came up with a story he ran into the corner of the house because there was no way I was telling them I chopped my brother with an ax. Eventually we came clean, all right? And he's okay, he's a pastor. A lot of us, I digress. Um, a lot of us, this is our tool in relationships. Every time we're disappointed, every time they don't measure up, Every time they make a mistake, we run and we grab the ax and we wanna cut it down. Every, many of us, this is our go-to. This is the only way we know how to navigate relationships. And so we, something happens, we stop returning phone calls. We cut it down. We stop returning text. We cut it down. We serve them the papers. We cut it down. We, we, um, we, 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 we talk about them to everybody around us. We cut it down. Our go-to for many of us is to grab the ax. And let me say that if you feel that way about a relationship, I understand it. There have been relationships that I've had in my life where I wanted to go grab the ax, cut it off. Just be done with it. But before you let it swing, before you cut it, I want you to look at, at a different angle. Because the gardener in this story, he tells the man, he's, he's basically saying, I still see potential in this tree. Some of the relationships that we are quick to cut, God still sees potential in. Not gonna get a lot of amens here, but I want you to get this point. To live with peace in the future you have to make sure you did everything possible to make it work in the present. Some of you are quick to cut it down. You never have peace in any relationship because as soon as it doesn't measure up, as soon as you're disappointed, you grab the ax and you cut it down. And, and what, what we fail to understand is this, is what we fail to deal with in a healthy manner in one season, we have to deal with it again in the next. Which means that if my go-to is to cut it out, cut it down, I'll constantly, I'll go through life doing nothing but cutting down things that have potential. 
cutting down things that God wants to use to cultivate me. Hebrews 12, 14 says, make every effort to live in peace with everyone. See, like the gardener in this story, God often sees potential in our most painful relationships. We say cut it, God says cultivate it. We say forget it, or or, yeah, we say forget it, God says forgive it. We say I'm throwing in the towel, I quit, and God says no, keep going, I see potential. It's kinda like the two graduate students who met on campus at Stanford University. They met there, they were studying the same things, their name was uh, Larry and and Sergey, and they were a part of the same degree program And they started to launch a a small startup business out of their garage. And like any business, they started out in the garage, money's tight, and um, very quickly they started getting on one another's nerves. Um, And they were interviewed separately and they both used the same word to describe the other person. They described one another as obnoxious. Like it was just bad. But every time one of them wanted to cut it down, use the ax, the other one, for whatever reason, would encourage them, don't leave, don't quit just yet. And that went back and forth. One of them would always say, no, let's not throw in the towel, let's make this thing work. And today, Larry and and Sergey, they're happy they did not cut off their relationship, and so are you uh, you and I, because we use their business every day. It's called Google. Because they did not cut it down, they built something amazing. And I wanna tell you today, your decision to cultivate a relationship instead of cutting it down could be what saves your dream. Let's put the ax up and hopefully I don't cut my foot off. So I'm gonna give you four takeaways that'll be quick. The first one, in order to see like a gardener, the first thing I need to do is I need to remember God's grace. I need to remember his grace. The first thing the gardener said, he said, give it one more chance. And initially we think, I'm not giving them any more chances. I'm out of, ch-. you ever felt like that, like I'm out of chances? My wife's the only honest person. Man, you all must have a mate. I'm gonna come to your house and see how y'all do all this. Like, sure, you've been at a place where you're just out of chances. Like, I I don't know what else to do. I've been over backward for you. I'm tired, I'm done. I'm cutting it down. I want to remind you of God's grace. How many opportunities has God given you? How many times has God forgiven you? How many times has God allowed you to get back up from a mistake? And the disciples were, they were just like you and I. Apparently they had the same kind of problems because on one occasion, listen to the question they asked Jesus. They they literally wanted to know how many chances they should give a person. Like they wanted to know what's the number? Some of y'all are like, what's the number, pastor? Because I gotta be close. And once I hit it, I'm done, it'll be a whole lot easier. What's that number? They wanted to know, and in Luke 17, verses four and five, look at this. Jesus answered him, he said, even if he wrongs you seven times in one day and comes back to you seven times and says that he is sorry, forgive him. 
Now, before I read the next verse, I want you to notice they wanted to put a number on it, a limit on it, but Jesus used a progressive tense, a continual tense here. This is not like seven times. This is seven every single day, and it's not even about how many that adds up to in a year. It means literally every time they mess up and say, I'm sorry, forgive it. Every time. There's not a number. And so the disciples in verse five, I love this verse because I relate. Then the apostles said to the Lord, give us more faith. Man, they're like, Jesus, what you're asking us to do, we can't do that in our own strength. And Jesus is telling them, you're exactly right. It takes supernatural strength to forgive someone that has wronged you more than one time. Anybody thankful for the power of God that can help you forgive and release something that the average person couldn't? So they're like, you gotta give us more faith. How are we gonna do this? The moment you received forgiveness from God, you were given the capacity to forgive. Ephesians 4.32 says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. Like this, the way this reads in Colossians 3, put up with each other. Some of you, that's, that's, that's your world right there. Putting up, put up with each other. Forgive anyone who does you wrong just as Christ has forgiven you. And then John 13.34, I give you a new command, love one another You must love one another just as I have loved you. The problem is, is that we can only give what we have received. Which means if I have not received mercy and received forgiveness, I'm gonna have trouble giving it. A lot of people are in the church, but they don't really receive God's love, God's grace, God's forgiveness, God's mercy, and so it shows up in the relationships. It shows up. They, they, they somehow think that their sin is more powerful than his sacrifice. That what, he, what we need to understand is that what he did on the cross was more profound than anything you have in your past. And somebody needs to hear today, just receive God's forgiveness. Receive it. He's offered it. Accept it so that then you can share that same grace and same forgiveness with the people that have wronged you. That's a good place to say amen. But you can't give what you haven't received. You gotta receive it. Second point. Before I give you the second point, Unforgiving people are forgetful people. They, they have forgotten what God has done for them. Second point, number one, remember God's grace. Number two, set a reasonable timetable. The second thing the gardener says is give it another year. I want you to notice he was very specific about the time frame. Give this thing one more year. And this is important because this addresses our biggest fear when it comes to enduring a broken relationship. Our biggest fear is, is that if I forgive them, then I am choosing to put up with their bad behavior. That's not what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is not saying that what they did is okay. Forgiveness is is not putting yourself at risk and choosing to be a a, a doormat for people to walk on. Forgiveness is not, not even trusting them. It's two different things. 
Trust and forgiveness are not the same thing. Forgiveness is releasing what they did, not resuming the relationship. Trust has to have a a timetable. And and that's what the the one year in the text, and I'm not saying that your timetable should be one year. I'm just saying that you need to remember God's grace and then you need to set a timetable for things to improve. And every timetable is not the same. Listen, if you are in an abusive relationship, you don't need a timetable, get out. Leave. You don't have to stay in something abusive. But if it's a bad relationship, a broken relationship, you need to remember God's grace and then set a reasonable timetable for things to turn around. But listen, people don't change overnight. You can't say, you got 24 hours. Y'all smile at me. Because you know that's what we wanna do. You got 24 hours to fix this. And if you ain't got it all together in 24 hours, I'm out. Listen, people don't change overnight. You have to create space. How do I create space? How do I create this timetable? Number one, through conversation. You gotta have a conversation. Most people blow up instead of having a conversation to set that relationship up for success. They just blow up. And listen, it's not fair for you to be mad and blow up on somebody and not give them the specifics of why you're mad. Sometimes they know you're mad, they just don't know why. And so you owe them a conversation to say, I feel this way because. You gotta lay it out there. The second thing of that to create space is you gotta have clear boundaries. In other words, you need to talk about what has to be done for this relationship to improve. What are the steps? What are the behaviors that need to be changed or altered? What's in a reasonable amount of time to display the new behavior? And then you gotta have checkups. You gotta see if people are making progress. You gotta let them know if they are winning or not. So we gotta, when it comes to seeing like a gardener, we gotta remember God's grace. We gotta set a reasonable timetable. And number three, reinvest your best. Reinvest your best. Now this, is, this one's the tough one. Because if we're gonna forgive them and set a timetable, the last thing we usually wanna do is reinvest our best. You know what most of us do? We fold our arms and we sit back and we basically say, I'm gonna wait and see what they do. A leopard never changes its spots. Come on, y'all. We sit back, we fold our arms, and instead of reinvesting our best, we want them to perform and we want them to make it better. But the gardener says, not only give me one more year, he says, I'll give it special attention. I'm gonna give it special attention. The reason this is important is because Any person in a relationship that has an attitude of they gotta get their stuff together and I'm just gonna sit back and see if they can do it, the relation, you've already, if that's your attitude, you've already used the ax. It's already over. Don't even put them through that because they're gonna perform and if your attitude is I'm waiting to see, you might as well cut it down. 
because you're gonna keep them frustrated. They're never gonna live up to the expectation that you have for them, so you, you should do them a favor and release them unless you're willing to reinvest your best. And, and what we have to know is we only harvest what we plant. Galatians chapter six, verse seven, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. That means that I cannot plant harshness and expect happiness. That I cannot plant selfishness and then, it, and then harvest relational success. I cannot plant the cold shoulder and then expect or harvest relational intimacy. I'm going to get what it is I am planting. If this relationship has a chance of flourishing, you have to reinvest your best. The gardener knew this tree, it don't need less attention, it needs more attention. It needs special attention. And, and we know that a tree in this condition would have needed a couple of things. It would have needed water, right? You gotta, you gotta give it some water. And the scripture says that we water one another, check this out, with our words. So you can tell by the words you're speaking whether or not you're watering that relationship or not. You can either pour fresh water on the relationship or toxic waste on it. All about your words. Not only would it need water, it would also need light. Jesus is the light of the world. Did you know we can take the presence and attitude of Jesus into any broken relationship and it will turn out better? That we can literally carry his presence and his attitude. You can serve your way into a better marriage. You can sow kindness into that person's heart and, and get a different outcome. Proverbs 16, seven says, when a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, he makes even his enemies live at peace with him. Anytime you do what's right, you can trust God with the results. Y'all getting this? Ooh. Remember his grace. Set a timetable. Reinvest your best. Number four, recognize God is growing you. He's growing you. Work very, very quick to grab the ax. But the gardener, he said, let me fertilize it. Now, you don't have to understand agriculture to know what fertilizer is. <laughs> Not gonna go there, all right? But it smells real bad. I can grab the ax or I can begin to fertilize it. I want you to picture that every single day for a year, the gardener got down into the stinky soil, the stinky fertilizer in this mess, and he spent time and energy on it. Now, the reason we don't do that is because our perspective is usually from the angle of what they did. That's all we think about is what they did but recognize that even if they wronged you, God is still growing you. And some of our greatest growth will come from the soil of our most difficult relationships. God grows us through those painful experiences. We have to remember 
that when we do this for other people, we are, we are actually giving them what God gave us, another chance, another chance. God is the gardener of your life. And he is growing you, he's cultivating you. And, but he's also using those broken relationships, those painful experiences. Many times he uses those to fertilize you. So I wanna ask you today, as we get ready to end this, are you going to use the ax and just cut it down or are you willing to get in the mess, into the stink, and give it some more attention? How many would say, Pastor, this is a tough one, right? This is a tough one. Listen, and I'll end with this. You go ahead and stand, and I'll make sure I quit. You don't just cut the person off when you cut the relationship. Sometimes when we cut a person off, we're actually cutting ourselves off from God's promise. And that's where we don't like it because we wanna separate faith from relationships. If you didn't learn it through that last relationship, God will teach it to you in the next one. I think we ought to take a praise break right here. Come on, give God praise for his word. I know this is not easy. I'm not saying it is, it's gonna be stinky, it's gonna be smelly, but listen, it's worth it. If God says he sees potential in that, then you gotta get down in the mess, give it, give it some time, put some energy into it. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. If you're in this place and you say, Pastor, that message was for me. There's a relationship that I've been wanting to take the ax to, but I realized today that Maybe I need to fertilize it again. If that's you, would you just throw your hand up if you feel like this message was speaking to you? Okay, hands are, are going up all over the room. I see those hands. I just wanna pray for those people right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, God, for every person in this room, God, that is in a relationship that has brought pain and frustration and discouragement. And God, I, I just ask God that if it's your will for them to Continue this process. God, I, I just ask that you would speak to them and then give them the grace that they need, God, to be able to fertilize something that you see potential in. God, there are re some relationships that we just have to let go, and there are some relationships that we're supposed to cultivate. God, give us a discerning heart so that we know what to do in this season, not only as you are growing the other person, but God, as you are growing us and cultivating us, we ask for your wisdom and we ask for your grace in this season. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Listen, anyone at all in this room and you say, Pastor, I'm not in relationship with Jesus and I need to make him the Lord of my life. If you're in this place, I just want you to throw your hand up right there where you are. If you're watching online, we, we wanna give you this opportunity as well. But if you wanna make Jesus the Lord of your life, this is your opportunity, your opportunity to do that. I want us to pray this prayer together out loud. Just say, dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I am a sinner. I've committed sins. I need a savior. I can't save myself, so I ask you, Jesus, to save me, to forgive me, to come into my heart, be my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me and changing me. 
in Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church, let's give God one more big praise today. Amen, so good. So glad to see you guys. Come on, let's give him a high praise today. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Thanks for joining us today. If you would like to support this ministry financially, you can go to www.bethesdachurch.tv. We'll catch you on the next episode. Have a great day.